Welcome to The Manly Catholic. In this podcast, we will inspire, challenge, and equip all men to become the men they were created to be. Join us as we journey together to become the best versions of ourselves and strive to change our communities one man at a time. Hello all and welcome to yet another episode of The Manly Catholic. This is episode 21 of The Manly Catholic. can't believe we're already 20 plus episodes in. So today I am going to be reading a talk done by Chuck Swindoll. For those of you who don't know, Chuck Swindoll is the founder of Insight for Living, uh, whose mission is committed to excellence in communicating the truths of Scripture in the person of Jesus Christ in an accurate, clear, and practical manner so that people will come to an understanding of God's plan for their lives, as well as their significant role as authentic Christians in a needy, hostile, and desperate world. I know growing up Protestant, Chuck Swindoll was uh, a huge kind of influence in the Protestant church. Uh, he's written over 70 books. He's really well known. Uh, currently, he is uh, the senior pastor at Stonebriar community church in Frisco, Texas. He's 87, so he's still going strong. Um, And he's also currently the chancellor, former president of the Dallas Theological Seminary. So again, he's really well known. This is a talk. I think he he gave it back. um, It was actually at the Dallas Theological Seminary, but um, it's really powerful. And I can't wait to share it with you guys. Um, But before we begin with that, I want to start as always with prayer. And today I want to do a little bit different Instead of me doing kind of petitional prayer, I'm just going to actually uh, pray specifically to a saint. Um, It's kind of really well-known prayer, so we'll start in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. O holy Saint Anthony, gentlest of saints, your love for God and charity for his creatures made you worthy, one on earth, to possess miraculous powers. Encouraged by this thought, I implore you to obtain for me the request, be with all the men and women who are listening to this podcast. Please help this sermon to speak to them, challenge them, help them be the men and women that God has called them to be. O gentle and loving St. Anthony, whose heart was ever full of human sympathy, whisper my petition into the ears of the sweet infant Jesus, who loved to be folded in your arms. And the gratitude of my heart will ever be yours. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And as always, I'm going to give me a little pitch to our wonderful partners over at Hallow, the number one, still going strong, Catholic app. Excellent prayer resource. Again, I just highly encourage you guys to download it if you have not already. It is such an awesome resource, especially for those of you who maybe have no idea where to start with your prayer. Um, if you click on the link in the show notes, or you can just type in www.hallow.com backslash the man, the Catholic, you can get an extended 30-day free trial exclusively for our listeners. You can pray the rosary with Scott Hahn, Bishop Barron, uh, Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in the, from The Chosen. You can pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet, the St. Michael Prayer, the Angelus Prayer, um, they even have Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in the Year podcast on there as well. So you can subscribe to that, get push notifications, and get a link, um, get notified every day uh, to listen to Father Mike Schmidt's. So anyways, highly encourage you to click on the link in the show notes 
and uh, get an extended 30-day free trial. So here we go. Again, this is uh, Chuck Swindoll, pastor. I gave this awesome sermon on trusting God, and I, I really enjoy this sermon. So hope you guys do. And I will have a link to the actual talk in the show notes as well for you. But here we go. You have heard the words since you were in Sunday school. You have heard these professors remind you of them both in words of warning as well as words of encouragement and maybe even a few testimonies, a counselor, a friend, a minister of music, whatever capacity you'll serve in, on a mission field or here at home, you'll use these two words and they are trust God. Two single syllable words that you have heard forever but you will discover as time passes how difficult they are to obey. Trust God. Of course, I have no way of knowing what the future holds for you. You may lose your home and everything in a fire. You may lose your spouse to an early disease, detected but not cured. You may lose your dreams, your hopes. You may lose a relationship that you have cultivated over the years. All losses are painful and you will be brought back over and over again to the words of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I know you memorized them in vacation Bible school or when you were growing up at the knee of a godly mother and or father, and your lips will move as I quote them, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your words, I'm sorry, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. All your heart, all your ways. Trust, trust. Now we have a problem with this because of several things. First of all, we are to blame self-sufficiency. We have learned how to get ourselves out of jams rather than acknowledging the jam has very well been either directed or permitted by our sovereign God to teach us And by not trusting him, we short-circuit the test and go our own way, getting ourselves out of our own mess. We are too self-sufficient. Another reason we fail this test is that we are too quick to call on others. We have a lot of very capable friends. As life unfolds and you leave this school and you're involved in your church, your work of ministry, your realm of responsibilities, you'll meet other people, many of them much smarter than you, Most of them will be richer than you, better connected than you, and some of them will become really good friends, and they will become your crutch. They have connections, and when you're up against it, they will get you through it. Another reason we don't trust is because we feel distant from the God of heaven. Don't feel too guilty about that. So did Job, as godly as he was, and yet Job said in the midst of all the loss, though he slays me, I will trust in him. Though he takes me off this earth in the process, I leave trusting him. I will trust him. The fourth reason I would name is that we have cultivated the bad habit of worry. Many of you are much better at worrying than you are at trusting. If you were to put together a worry list, it would outrun your prayer list and you're worried right now about something. Most likely it's related to something about your schoolwork, some course, some class, some test, or maybe your finances. 
You don't have enough money. I'll give you a word of encouragement. You'll never have enough money. So you're worried now. You're getting good at it. So you can carry that with you when you graduate because you won't have enough money then either. So you're worried about that and you do not trust God. See how practical it is? And if you think you're going to outgrow the problem, take it from this old guy today. You won't ever outgrow it. It's like lust. You never outgrow lust. You just learn to fake it. You'll never conquer worry. It's part of the flesh. You want to, but the only way you'll get through it so that you will learn from the test is to trust. To trust. To put the worry on hold, to set it aside, deliberately shoving it away and saying, God, at this moment, I rest in you and you alone. If you're married, God help my spouse and me to trust you, to lean on you, to wait on you, to listen to you, to endure the test with you. I put together a quick list of things that reveal how little we trust. When you choose to worry, you do not trust. When you try to fix what is impossible, you do not trust. When you hurry ahead and don't wait for the Lord to move and to change, you do not trust. When you lie awake twisting and turning at night, you do not trust. When you doubt biblical principles and promises that are right here in the book you love and study, you do not trust. When you turn to others first for help, you do not trust. When you listen to human counsel and give a higher priority to that and the principles you have just learned, you do not trust. When you manipulate and maneuver situations, you do not trust. When you step in and take charge without praying and being led by the Spirit of God, you do not trust. When you cling to others in order to feel secure and needed and loved, you do not trust. The list goes on and on. See how easy it is to live in the flesh? How easy it is to disobey trust in the Lord with all your heart? Wouldn't it be a great project over the Christmas season this year to think through ways that you couldn't begin to trust God regardless? Hopefully it'll be a project that you and a good friend or you and your mate can enter together. What is it we do that keeps us from trusting God and how can we break that habit and watch God break through in ways that we would have never expected? Since then, I have a long-time friend who was raised with four brothers in southwest Texas. They were raised on a very poor ranch that eked out a living. One of the brothers wound up getting into Baylor, going on to UCLA Law School and earning his degree in law, and has since become a very fine attorney in the Southern California area. We've been friends since the mid-1970s. One of his four brothers stayed at the ranch and developed it, cultivated it, and the other brothers moved away, as did our friend, and the one who stayed along with his wife really turned the ranch into something much more successful. Grew crops that were, got cattle, bred them, sold them little by little, and they kind of got on their feet and finally became pretty much financially stable. Then the fires in 2011 came across Texas, swept through their area, and it came to that ranch. By now they knew they would lose all the cattle. They simply opened the gate, and amazingly, those animals knew where to go. Usually they know where to go, to find shelter and safety, and then they just fled. Hundreds of them. And they barely were able to get much of anything in their pickup, and they drove away. They came back a number of days later when they were allowed to enter this territory and everything 
was melted. Even the metal roof on the shed of the barn had melted down, had melted down and sort of peeled its way over. They lost everything, all their possessions, all the pictures. Thankfully, no lives. Strangely, the cattle got back and were clustered around in a herd around an enormous oak tree, and they were able to get them back. Of course, the fence had burned, so that has to be rebuilt. And they said to one another, we realize at that moment our faith would either kick into action or we would move far away from the God we had loved and served. They chose the former. They determined they would rebuild. They're in the process right now, living with her brother, putting house and home back together, having lost it all. The Lord taught me through my shameful response, you will win this battle. Trust him. Trust God. Trusting God is something we hear, just like Chuck Swindoll said, all the time. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. What does that mean? How do you break that down? What does it mean to to fully trust God? And this day and age, it's so hard with everything that's being bombarded at us, you know, whether it's with your kids, with your job, with your um, with your sports, with your finances, with, you know, whatever the case might be, whatever you're dealing with. We're told to, you know, to trust, trust other people, uh, to get help, to do this, do that. If you do this, you can accomplish all these things. And how much do we just, like Chuck Swindoll said, he said, how often do we just sit with God with a problem? And I'm guilty of this, guys. I, I do this all the time. And there's nothing wrong with asking for help. And that that is missing the point. The point is that how often do we forget to ask God first? You know, say you, you just lost your job, you know, especially with COVID going on, a lot of people are losing their jobs or they can't find work. And of course, you have to put in the work, you have to update your resume, you have to send out your resume, things like that. But how often do you just sit with God and say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to pursue? Or if you're deciding on if you should go to college or where you should go to college, are you actually sitting with God and saying, God, where do you want me to go? Do you even want me to pursue this? And it's so easy to, especially as men, to be action takers, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I was actually in spiritual direction the other day, and we talked about this, is I struggle with patience, and it's trusting God that he knows what he's doing, and it's all in his time. God is never late, and I think we always, not always, we frequently forget that, is that God is never late. His timing is always impeccable. And when we are going through adversity, when we're going through trials, instead of trying to lower our head and just fight our way through it, we forget to ask, God, why am I going through this? What is the lesson you want to teach me? And again, men, I am 
very guilty of this frequently is when I'm you know in a bad mood or had a bad day at work or you know whatever the case might be the day-to-day struggles and obviously you have big struggles too that you're dealing with but instead of asking you no know, maybe why me or you know blaming other people instead of asking why me or just blaming other people you just ask God God what can I learn from this what can A better question, I guess, would be what virtue can I learn from this? It's funny, my wife and I are dealing with our youngest son, who is a little over four months old, and there's something called the four-month sleep regression. Basically, he's transitioning from baby sleep to adult sleep cycles. Anyways, you guys don't need to know that. But the the, the thing about it is... He's been waking up frequently in the middle of the night. So my wife and I are kind of taking turns going in and soothing him and things like that. The point of the story is that when you get jolted from a deep sleep, you're not very happy. Um, Dark thoughts cross your mind. And for me, again, I I was talking to my spiritual director the other day about this. And it's... In those darkest moments, who am I turning to? Am I turning to myself? Am I turning to my wife and saying, why aren't you getting up? Am I getting mad at her? Am I getting mad at my son? Am I turning to my phone to entertain me? To quote unquote help me feel better as I soothe my son? Or am I turning to God? Am I turning to the saints? And more often than not, thankfully, I've turned to God during these dark moments. But I had moments where I, you know, just look at my phone or, um, which is a good distraction, uh, you know, reading a good book, things like that. But the, the point is that in our darkest moments, who do we turn to? Are we turning to our phone? Are we just trying to distract ourselves from them? Are we turning to others and blaming other people or blaming the circumstances, turning ourselves into a victim versus saying, no, I am going to take control of my life. I'm going to take control of what is going on as best as I can and trust God. So, man, that that is my challenge this, this week for you guys is I want you to look at your life, say five minutes a day. So in what areas of my life am I trusting God? What areas of my life am I not trusting in God? Because you'll be surprised in what areas you are not trusting God in. It's funny, even just bringing this up, this popped in my head. Uh, finances that are a big thing for me that my wife and I are are learning to to totally surrender to God. At times we're doing really well with it. Other times, not so much. We have a, a lot of student loan debt we're trying to pay off, and I'm more of the nerd budgeting guy, and my wife is more of the uh, free spirit. A free shout out to Dave Ramsey. We're following his plan, but it's so easy to be discouraged and seeing you know how much debt you're in and things like that, uh, whatever your financial hardship might be. But to truly surrender to God and say, God, this is what we have. This is what we can offer. 
you know, making sure we're tithing every month, things like that. But I don't know how we're going to do this. And there's something just profound and powerful about just saying, God, I just surrender it to you. I cannot do this alone. Um, it's even more powerful if you're married doing it with your spouse and saying, we can't do this without you, God. So please help us. We just surrender to you. Again, the Surrender Novena is really powerful. That's another thing on Hallow. If you guys want to do that, it's in uh, the the archives there. They just did it recently. The Surrender Novena, extremely, extremely powerful uh, prayer that I highly recommend that you guys do. Uh, so whatever it is that you are struggling with, whether it's, whether it's finances, your job, um, you know, your your sex life, um, your you know workout routine. I mean, guys, it could be small. It could be as simple as you know, eating healthier, uh, drinking more water, um, you know, uh, getting a new car. I mean, guys, it doesn't have to be something really big in your life. God wants, I think we often think of God only wants us to talk to him about the big things. He wants us to talk to him about everything. You know, for those of you in school, you know, I need God, please help me to find um, a cheap textbook because I'm on a financial restraint. Please help me to be able to find transportation, a way to uh, to get myself to and from school. You know, guys, it doesn't have to be big. It does not have to be big. Just start in small things. Trust in God with the small things and the big things will, will come easier. Just we need to learn to surrender to God. Because as men, we love action. We love to take action. We love to grab life by the horns and do it ourselves. But men, we need help. Okay, we need help. We need to ask for help. Most importantly, we need to ask God, our creator who made us, who knows our needs. He just, he wants to enter into our lives. We just need to allow him to do so. So that is my aim and challenge for you men this week. Just five minutes a day. What are you trusting God with? Look at the positive too. And then what are you struggling to surrender over to God? And then pray about surrendering over to God and see what happens. Email me, email Father Dom. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your comments. Make sure you leave us a review on uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Share it with another man that you think would enjoy the show. Um, Again, guys, we love... We love hearing from you. Please do not be shy about reaching out to us. We want to help in any way that we can, especially if you're in the Grand Rapids area, reach out to us. Um, we'd love to you know, maybe do an event in the future, things like that. So anyways, that is wrapping up. Again, I will have links in the show notes for you guys to the actual talk by Chuck Swindoll, um, also to his website and uh, his Wikipedia page as well if you want to learn a little bit more about him. But again, I am James, wrapping up another episode of The Manly Catholic, and we will see you all next week. Until then, go out there and be a saint. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of The Manly Catholic. If you have not already done so, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. It will also help grow the show and reach as many men as possible. We truly think this podcast can change families and help men to change the world. Thank you again so much for tuning in and God bless you.